I'm Dr. Mandy Weeks, and you're listening to the Behind the Brace podcast. Each week, I'll be sharing conversations and resources to help families and providers navigate the world of scoliosis. This is your place to find hope for a better solution so that you can live your best life. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. This week, um, we're talking a little bit of a different topic. I've had a lot of people coming in my office um, that have really been struggling with some of the things that come with dealing with scoliosis and spine stuff and braces and traction and neurology appointments and orthopedic appointments and right, the list goes on and on and on. Um, we're in our second, third maybe third week back to school now. So um, kids are transitioning from summer into school. A lot of kids are um, moving into middle school from elementary school or from middle school to high school for the first time. And there's lots of changes, um, lots of things going on. Sports are starting back up. Um, you know, people are tired. There's lots of emotions with lots of change. And um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about some of all of that, if that makes sense. Um, there's a lot of things that go into different diagnosis when we talk about, you know, whether it's any spinal issue, right? If you're having to deal with orthopedic doctors and neurologists and potential braces and night braces, full-time day braces, having to do MRIs or any sort of other evaluations related to yourself or your child, you probably know that there comes a time where you just hit your limit. And a lot of times people come in my office and there's lots of big emotions, um, lots of tears, lots of lots of apologies. Everybody always says, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm crying. And you really don't have to apologize. It's one of those things that um, everybody always tells me. They say like, oh, I'm so sorry. I don't know why I'm crying. I don't know why I'm upset. Um, like they're supposed to have it together all of the time and not be upset about anything and not supposed to have emotions about anything. Um, I can't tell you how many moms tell me like, I swear our family's not crazy. I swear we're really good parents. We don't typically let our kids run the show. Like this is just really difficult. Um, or how many kids sit in my office and they're like, I swear I don't cry like this. Like this isn't something that I normally do. Um, I don't know what's wrong with me. Like I don't know why I'm crying in front of you. And they always think that they're the only ones. And literally every family that comes in my office at some point in time, whether it's the first visit upon initial diagnosis, whether it's the first time they look at their x-rays and they see a curve in their spine, or whether it's the first day that their brace is actually in my office and they put it on for the first time, at some point, the person who's under my care, at some point the emotions get big and they have an emotional reaction, whether that's crying or being upset or being angry or or whatever that might be. Um, and at some point, if it's your child going through care, at some point that comes into your relationship with your child and there's something that happens that that's going on either with your child that's affecting 
how you interact with your child or affecting how you and your your spouse interact together because of the struggles and conflict that come up with your child. Um, I mean, it's inevitable. You can't have a diagnosis like this and not have it affect something in your life. And even the siblings, I see that where now say it's your middle child that has this this issue going on and either the older child or the younger child is having some sort of emotional connection reaction to that, whether that's because they feel like you're spending more time with the other child because they have all these appointments and they have all these things or whether they're frustrated that their sister or brother is upset about the fact that they have to wear a brace. There's just a lot of family dynamics that come into this. And um, it is not uncommon. I would say that it is it is expected that at some point in time, you hit your threshold. And whether that's at this certain time, your child hits their threshold and they're just done and over it. Or maybe, you know, your child has hit their threshold and a couple of weeks later, you're like at the limit and you're just you're not sure how to handle that. Um, those are things that happen with every family. I see it all of the time. I see it every week, day in and day out with people that I work with because this is an emotional and a physical thing that that goes on with the person getting the care and the family members that are supporting that person um, in any regard. So whether it's, you know, the mom dealing with scoliosis that she's had forever, but now she's having pain and it's affecting how she can interact with her kids, right? Or whether it's your child that's really struggling going into her freshman year of high school and now she has this brace and you as parents are trying to figure out how to help support her, that that comes full circle at some point. So uh, when I initially started this work, I was like, well, this is very cut and dry. Everything's inside the box, right? Like X, Y, and Z, this is how it all goes together. You just, this is the thing. You diagnose this, you make the recommendation, you do the recommendation, you check the boxes and everything goes as planned. Um, and what I quickly learned was that that is not the case, and that is not how it works, because there are a lot of emotions surrounding this, and those emotions affect families and affect patients' ability to be in compliance with the care or not be in compliance with the care. Sometimes their feelings on how their t-shirt looks with their brace on affects whether or not they wear that brace the way that they should, which you know, to us as adults, sometimes we're like, we'll just do the thing, right? Just wear the brace. But to that child, if that is so detrimental to them that they are then unable to complete the recommendations, not only does that have the the um, ability to affect them long-term for the rest of their life, but it also affects them every single day in their relationships with their peers and their teachers and their school and their ability to learn and and all of those things. And so there's a lot of different pieces to this that no one talked about to either me as a parent when my daughter was diagnosed with scoliosis or to me as a provider when I was learning about how to take care of people with scoliosis. It might have been mentioned here and there, but there was really no uh, 
context to it of, hey, this is what you'll see in your practice. This is how families will respond. This is how patients will respond. And perhaps that's because, you know, in our clinic, we do things a little bit differently where we sit down with families, we show them their films and we go through options and we really, you know, give them the ability to make the decisions that are that are best for them and empower them. But that also gives families space to be real and for those emotions to come out. It's not just a five minute in and out like, oh, it's good. See you in six months. And, you know, we walk down the hall to the next person. Um, It's really an intricate plan of how we help care for you on your journey of of moving forward. Um, And so those things do come out. And I just wanted to speak to that because I've been noticing that a lot. And a lot of parents and patients and families that are just kind of in this tough place of lots of emotions and tears and um, feeling worn out and like they're done with it. They don't want to deal with it anymore. They don't want to wear the brace. They're just, you know, at the end of where they're at. And it's completely normal. And I would say expected. I see it with every single person that I work with at some point. Everybody just hits that point at a different point in time. And so being able to know that and acknowledge that, that your family's not crazy. This isn't abnormal. You're not the only one. This isn't something that is just unique to you, that this this happens across the board because it it is and can be a really big thing for both you, the patient, your child, whoever that we're working with. Um, and so just to be able to know that and then to be able to, you know, obviously you have to do the next right thing. So then the next day, You know, maybe you have a really bad day and everything comes to a head and falls apart. And the next day you get up and you you have to choose to step back into that and just move forward the best that you can. Um, Now, the one thing that I would highly recommend that I have seen really, really good results with is that when you are hitting that place, there's a spectrum of that, right? So sometimes it's things that you can navigate as a family and you can work through that. Um, And either you as a parent can help your child walk through that or you can work through that with a friend or a spouse or something of that nature. But there are times that I have had patients that just get to a point where they need some extra support. And so I know that sometimes it's a little bit... um, difficult to talk about or families are, I don't know if embarrassed is the right word, but maybe um, concerned to see a counselor or somebody that can help them with that. Um, But I've had families and even, you know, young kids that have um, gotten connected with a really good counselor and been able to walk through that. And it, it completely changes their perception and their perspective on how they walk through care and how they look at this diagnosis and how they work through it and how they're able to handle changes, things like traction or braces or appointments, things of that nature. Um, And so if you are in that spot and you are really struggling and it's not seeming to get better, please reach out to somebody, whether it's, you know, um, a, a, a local counselor that you know, or somebody that's been working with your family, or even just starting with the school counselor if you need. Um, now, they can't provide the specific and detailed one-on-one um, 
care that say your child might need if they're really struggling, but they can help connect you to a counselor that can do that. Um, And so don't be afraid to do that if you're feeling that you need that, because this shouldn't be a long drawn out process where, you know, your child's in tears every single day, every single week for months on end. Um, If that's the case, we really want and need to be able to support you in a way that can help you move through that. But also to know that even if you do that and things are really well supported and, um, you know, you're able to take care of that process and walk through it, that even in the best case scenario, everybody eventually hits a limit, hits the ceiling, hits their threshold where you might just have a really bad day or sometimes even a bad week. And that's okay as long as you step forward and move forward and acknowledge that that's something that is just going to happen as you move through this. Um, And it's okay. And you can talk to other people about it because you're not the only person dealing with that. And you don't have to apologize for it. It's not something that um, you need to apologize for. It's it's, their valid emotions that we just need to help you walk through so that it doesn't affect your ability to get the care that either you need or your child needs. Um, So I hope that that's encouraging to some of you because... I've had so many families come in my office and I just um, wish for them that they knew that this is something that every family goes through and it's okay. And it's okay to also get some extra help if you need it because lots of families need that too. And that's also okay. Um, So if you, I know if you know somebody who's going through this, even though they might not tell you. I am sure that they have hit this point at some somewhere along their journey, or maybe they're there right now. So um, if you have the ability to share this with anyone that might be dealing with this type of uh, medical condition and diagnosis, um, I think that it would be really helpful for them to just hear that it's not abnormal. They're not alone. It's not something that they need to fix. It's not something that is like inherently wrong with them or um, that they need to apologize for. It's just more something that they need to acknowledge and be willing to talk about and um, connect with people that can help them if they are there. Um, And so you can find this episode and the other episodes um, at our website. It's behindthebrace.com. Thanks for listening. I hope you have a great week and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for spending time with me today. If you could leave a review before you go, that would help us reach more people that need this message. To learn more about the services and resources that we have available, visit us at BehindTheBrace.com. This show is produced by Rayma Team Media. To learn more about how they can help you with your podcast, visit RaymaTeam.com.